On this episode of Location Cubed, we're going to talk about single-family rental. But first, if you like what you hear, please get on the tollway, get in the left lane in front of the share and like buttons, and constantly brake check them while driving 50 miles an hour. Howard, oh, compose, compose yourself, man. This one's going to be hard. It gets harder every time. I know. How do you come up with these things? I, I It's a gift. Some, some would say- or, Sure, it's not or, a curse. It might be. <laughs> SFR. Yes. Single what family are, rental. Single family rental. Slowing Sorry. down, heating up, bridging the gap. What's going on? There's a, there's a lot going on I agree. right now. I mean, it's been the hottest thing since in the, in the past several years. Yeah. Uh, goes hand in hand with the housing market exploding to a great extent. Um, a lot of people, it's, it's kind of a, a, a twofold thing. On the one hand, you've got a lot of people who are finding that housing affordability is getting harder and harder and harder. And so they still need to continue to rent. Especially with interest rates going Especially up. Especially with, it, it becomes, we'll, you know, we'll come, to, we'll come no, back yeah, to that no, in just okay. a second. Okay. Um, but still need to continue to rent. So there's obviously a need for single mm -hmm. family rentals. Um, people don't want to live in apartments when they're 35 years old, um, but they want to have a house. If you can't buy a house, what's your next best thing? You rent a house. And as I heard once before, you buy a house, you're renting it from the bank. Mm -hmm. You rent a house, you're renting it from the, right. the, the house owner. Um, the other part too, which I think has gotten a little bit of extra negative press and maybe not completely justified, is the thought that the reason house prices have been going through the roof is that the single family rental owners have been jacking up the prices because they're bidding on the houses as well. And so the regular individuals who want to buy a house are getting having to compete mm -hmm. against the single family owner single family rental companies mm -hmm. who theoretically have more resources um, and can get higher prices i'm not like i said i don't think that's necessarily 100% true because i think part of it is individuals buying a house there's always that level of emotion yeah whereas the institutional owners let's say generally yeah. are looking at it more from objectively right. and and how it pencils out but i think there is some truth to the matter but unfortunately perception becomes reality and now the government's kind of looking at what's going on there and i think we'll see some changes oh. as a result yes and only good things happen uh, when of the course, government gets of course. we're from the government we're here to help exactly as, as i've heard said before old ronald reagan joke mm -hmm. but you know i i think this thought of you know, SFR companies buying up homes that are going to be in, you know, in disparate locations is one issue. A lot of the communities that we tend to work with and that I see a lot more press on are planned rental communities where it's going to be rent. a takedown mm -hmm. of four or 500 homes right. in a specific planned community, just as you would have like a townhome or a condo well, type community. I, I, I just call it a horizontal multifamily development. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, but what I think is going to happen as a result of this, and it's, it's already starting, and I think you're going to see more and more of it, is it's going to going back to corporate responsibility, going back to the government, starting to look into things. The investors are going to be looking at it more so, or going to start to spin it from the standpoint of we are renting houses to people in order to make a profit for our mm -hmm. investors, for our shareholders, et cetera, mm -hmm. and push it more along the lines of we're doing this to make housing affordable or housing attainable. Yeah. And I think the way you're going to see that is you're going to see more activity in, let's say, we'll, we'll just call it affordable slash attainable neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. I think you're also going to see a number of companies start to come up with rent-to-own schemes yeah. where well, yeah, it's an exit strategy. It's it's, it's it's great because it's an exit strategy for the investor. Yeah. It gives the homeowner the opportunity to build up equity through mm -hmm. through renting. Um, and then also it's 
you know, again, from a spin standpoint, puts the company in the standpoint of we're doing good. We're making housing available to more people yeah. than we would otherwise. So I think that's something we should be looking to see. It's already starting. Yeah. I think we're going to see more and more of that come up. Well, and I think that would have a less of a stigma than some other attainable type housing, like, you know, tax credit housing, Section 42, mm -hmm. tax credit housing or Section 8 or something like that. This is a much more broad strategy, I think, to, to help bridge that gap between being in that apartment, whether it be, you know, um, a subsidized type of a situation going into another single or going into another multifamily apartment. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This really kind of resets the table for a lot of those families that are trying to achieve that that home ownership goal. Right. And, and what's good for the investors on that too is I've seen a number of cases or I've talked to a number of people who are, we won't say institutional, but maybe they have a dozen or two dozen or so houses yeah. and they rent them out to people under that program where ultimately they're intending for them to build up equity. And what happens is there's that pride of ownership. Mm -hmm. And even if you're still renting it and slowly building up the equity, the people who are the renters are tending to take care of the lawn, Mm -hmm. fix things on their own. And it mm -hmm. becomes a little bit better economically for mm -hmm. the investor as well. If the homeowner is willing to, or I should say the renter is willing to do stuff. I don't know about you. When I lived in an apartment, if anything went wrong, I sure wasn't going to fix it myself. Right. right. Uh, let's talk about the interest rate issue. Mm -hmm. So we come back to that. So interest rates are going up. Correct. Um, that's obviously going to impact the affordability from the standpoint of what, what monthly payment can I support? Um, Single family rental, I think, continues to bridge the gap as for interest rates go up because, you know, hey, I had my heart set on, you know, being in a single family home. It's, it's the right thing for myself. It's the right mm -hmm. thing for my family. You know, maybe I've started the family and I've got kids and have to start thinking about school, right? It's hard to transition to get them started, get them settled in, let's say, a geography, and then have to uproot them, move them to a new geography right. outside of where that typical multifamily asset would have been. Mm -hmm. So single family rental, again, kind of helps bridge that family gap. It, it becomes an issue as, as the affordability starts to be impacted, giving the rise in interest rates. I still see this as being uh, the alternative strategy to trying to afford a higher mortgage payment when I could perhaps pay just a little bit less rent and still have that same feeling, you know, get that that community feeling that I want for my family. Right. And, and I think what a lot of people don't think about when you're looking to buy a house is not just the mortgage payment, but then your taxes, your insurance, all that stuff, which don't necessarily get factored, aren't really an issue when you're renting. Right. Um, but the thing we got to keep in perspective with the interest rates is, first off, interest rates are not high by right. historical standard. No. You know what I mean? The, well, rate, the rates are high, high by, this- the They're rate, high by recent standard. Agreed. And that's agreed. all we remember is I, what, I know, what's, I know. what's well, just happening. I, I, I guess I have a little bit longer of a memory, but I remember my first house and interest rates still aren't where that one was. What, what were interest rates when you bought your house? When I bought my first house, it was seven and a quarter and we were super happy. How old are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, But here's the thing. I spent a whole lot less than what my, you know, right. what houses are nowadays. Right. But the thing is, is what we're finding is as the- Interest rates are going up and the housing right. market is cooling, yeah. the prices are starting to go down. Right. People are right. probably paying more of a fair market value than a inflated well, value. And so overall, are is your payments really getting to be that much more when yeah. you factor in, I'm paying the right amount for the house now, albeit at a higher rate, it's still the same mortgage payment at yeah. with the over overpriced house at the lower rate. Irrespective of of mortgage rates, you know, not being what they were in the mid seventies when you bought your first house. Uh, it was a little um, later than that. <laughs> you know, uh, you say prices have gone down. Prices are, are stabilizing. stabilizing, right? And, and I think- what we're Well, gone down now, from people paying extra. Uh, agreed, right? So instead of seeing 
you know, 20, 30% price appreciation a year, you're seeing a normal price appreciation, which is still a shock to folks because they think, oh, my value is going down. No, your value is <laughs> not going down. Your value is going up at the rate that it should, okay. that's sustainable for the market. Well, and, and the funny part about it is, you know, having grown up in Texas, I mean, I never looked at a house as an investment yeah. um, because it's always, you know, my house is going to go up two, 3% a year tops. And so what we're seeing is now what's happening. What we're seeing now is what's happened in other parts of the country forever. It just we're not all, used to it. It happened, it happened all, all at once. once. Yeah. It happened in a period of 18 months to two years, right? Where home values adjusted to probably what a market rate should have been for a house of that size. If you were to take it and put it in Boston, New York, oh, California, Well, if you Chicago. can even put a house that the size of the ones we have uh, here yeah, in one no, of those No markets. doubt, but we're just back to, to normal yeah, gradual yeah. price appreciation, not necessarily you know, a decrement or a devaluing of the assets, which if we're, let's say we are heading into a recession, right, which all, all, signs, all signs point that we are, mm -hmm. which means we're probably already in the middle of it because, and we'll come out of it soon. Of course. Um, but, About the same time they say we're in the recession. But, but, it, but it's different than what we dealt with from 2007 to 2009, right? The beginning to really the heat of the housing crisis, where right. there was a legitimate decline and legitimate crash. We're not gonna necessarily going to see that. I would agree with that. Yeah. So let me ask one last question for you is, are you seeing many of your clients um, or hearing anecdotally about a lot of people getting into the single family rental in a big way oh. who haven't been doing it in the past? A, a ton. I mean, we're seeing... You know, the institutional folks um, already, to a certain extent, had a platform established. Right. We're seeing kind of the next level of investors, sponsors that may have been in a multifamily asset. So instead of deploying $50 million into an apartment, multifamily apartment project, they're deploying that $50 million of capital and debt into a single family rental community. I'm seeing, I'm having more calls about that, dealing with more structuring calls and strategy calls on that subject. Than I probably had been in the prior year. Certainly, okay. there's more interest across the board. So that'll always be interesting to see how that always plays out because, you know, with almost every asset class, the institutional investors are always on the front end of yeah. it. Um, and then it becomes a matter of how long does that, oh. how long does that trend go before it starts to go the wrong way? Well, I, I, you know, the high water mark is when folks who have not traditionally been in that space, as you said, get into it. Yeah. I have some clients that are land developers or medical office building developers <laughs> and sponsors, they're getting into it. So it's like, okay, are they the last ones to the table or have they now figured out, look, there's just a, there's a need and there's going to continue to be a need. So we want to get a piece yeah. of it while we still can. I don't know. The jury's out on that. Well, I mean, I'll just say everything that I have heard and everything I continue to hear is that housing, is, the country is still very, very underhoused, yeah, it, will continue yeah. to be very yeah. underhoused for a long time. Yeah. So whether it's single family rental, whether it's multifamily, yeah. um, it's going to be still an asset class to be in. I don't, I personally don't necessarily see it cycling up and down right. to any significant extent anytime soon. And that's about all the time we have today. As a reminder, if you like what you hear, please get on the tollway, jump on the left lane immediately in front of the like and share button, do 50 miles an hour and constantly brake check them for the next 10 miles. You've been listening to Location Cube.